Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Uh, hey guys, welcome back to your favorite podcast about horror movies and uh, the history of them and how they affect people who don't necessarily like them. And relationships. Yeah, and that. <laughs> and West Virginia. That's Josh, and I'm Cindy. And uh, this month we are continuing our exploration of Lovecraft and and the, and the playground that is those those monsters and altered states. Oh, yep. Name of this week's movie: Altered States. Uh, yeah. So I promise this is it. Like we got this week and the next week. This is we month taking three. A, we're taking time off from Lovecraft. I promise. Though, yeah, I promise. It but, sounds like Josh went down a wormhole um, when uh, while researching. That's what I. That's why I just kept chalking it up to. I was like, like, oh, he couldn't so cut things out. Many movies that I didn't want to, you know, didn't want to cut out. Yeah. yeah. See, I know you, is. Bob. <laughs> I say Bob. I, oh, that's weird. That's my new nickname, apparently. They, apparently. All right. She named. She she came up with it after her favorite character in Possession. <laughs> Bob. 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 Who calls a child Bob and not like Bobby? I me. All right. I mean, who calls a, a who calls a child Sunny Jim? <laughs> no one. David That's Lynch. The whole point. Okay. My grandpa, so, David Lynch. We are ending this month with altered no, states. No, we're not. No. No. There's one more. We have one more this. after this. Okay, so we are. Let's cut that. This is the never-ending month. No, don't cut it. Leave it. This has been the never-ending month. The never-ending pandemic. Ugh. Anywho. We're doing Altered States. What year did that come out? It was released December 25th, 1980. Uh, that was... 1980. <laughs> that was a year and a day after yeah. my birth. A year and a day. A year and a day. I had not yet been born, you cradle robber. I am. I'm super old. <laughs> uh, I Before we get into talking about this movie at all and the year 1980, I just want to... I forgot to apologize at the top. I am getting over, hopefully, <laughs> getting over a uh, chest cold sinus infection deal. Because spring... <laughs> hopefully. I like that. Yeah, uh, spring sicknesses are the best sicknesses. Gross. Um, so it's been a struggle over the past couple of days to, you know, breathe normally through my face. Uh, it's not COVID. Uh, it's all in my head. It's all congestion. And it's been a nightmare. But if I sound a little off... Or if you hear me coughing and you're like, oh no, he's going to die. I mean, eventually I will. We all do. No one lives forever. But wow. uh, not anytime soon, hopefully. Calm down there, modeling <laughs> Hamlet. You know, it's yeah. Uh, so 1980. 1980. What happened when you were but a year old? I believe that is Reagan's first year, isn't it? Uh, it was. It's also the year that the Steelers won their fourth Super Bowl. Wow. The Rubik's Cube debuted. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Smallpox was officially dedicated as eradicated by the World Health Organization. Don't worry, we're bringing that shit back. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's gone, gone. I don't think we have to worry about that one. What about anti-vaxxers? Yeah, I don't think they can... I don't think anti-vaxxers, even being as fucking dumb as they are, can bring back a disease that is gone. Okay, got it. Uh, no matter how dumb your friends and neighbors can... Well, to your friends, but no matter how dumb your neighbors <laughs> may be, uh, I don't see them bringing polio back. You are in a super... <laughs> dumb your friends are. I love that. That's what that was part of that. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> Sick Josh is fun Josh, guys. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Polio, uh, so the Lakers won the NBA championship that year. Mount St. Helens erupted. Uh, oh, yeah. Pac-Man was released. CNN launched. And Reagan won the presidency. Thank you, Ted Turner, for a lot of that. But yeah. whatever. Uh, the big kerfuffle on TV that year was who shot Jr. Yep. And the big kerfuffle in real life was someone shot John Lennon. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, didn't that happen in December? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pretty yep. recently after this, this movie was out, I guess. Yep. So people that were born in 1980... Lin-Manuel Miranda, mm-hmm. Rebel Wilson, Macaulay Culkin, and my sweet, sweet Ryan Gosling. <laughs> People that died that year, Jesse Owens, Alfred Hitchcock, Mario Bava, Dorothy Stratton, R.I.P., as I said, John Lennon, and Steve McQueen. Wow. And my favorite word of 1980 was yuppie. Yuppie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yuppie. Young urban professional. Gross vomit. <laughs> 80s were all about that materialism and uh, and yuppies, wasn't it? I believe the 80s were best summed up by the patron saint of the arts, Madonna. And she said, <laughs> I'm, I'm living in a material world and I am a material girl. You are, Josh. You truly, truly are. So there you go. <laughs> if the 80s were summed up by one song, it's... Madonna. Agreed. And that's all. I agree totally. <laughs> uh, but Altered States feels more like a 70s movie because it, I mean, it came in 1980. Like the first couple years of the 80s still kind of feel yeah, like Yeah, it'll be a minute before the shoulder pads right. come in. And the like, Steelers have to win one more time. The Well, <laughs> we all that wasn't look. until way later. And then we all want to. This was their, I believe their last championship until like. The Ben Roethlisberger Steelers, oh, of like okay. 2006, maybe 2007, somewhere in there. Um, so that's a thing. Didn't know. Did but not know. Get your Steelers history. Sorry about straight. that. Straight. Nope. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Altered States is directed by Ken Jennings. Yes, Ken Jennings of Jeopardy fame <laughs> directed this movie. He was like a baby when he made it. It was crazy. <laughs> no, it was made by Ken Russell, who is a British filmmaker and notorious drunk and kind of uh, also notorious asshole. Uh, he also made The Devils, which was banned forever. It still kind of is. That's the movie that I told you about. It's like The Nuns and all that stuff. Yes. And I was like, this movie is still banned. And it probably should. Yeah. yeah. He also made the Who movie Tommy. Okay. Oh, and okay, so that's Russell. psychedelic, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, he said, according to interviews, he was the 27th director offered this project by Warner Brothers. 27? Because the 26th previous ones turned it down. Dang. Yep. Okay. Um, so that's a thing. So it, is this based on... Um, it's like... Well, it's, it's written by Patty Chayefsky, who wrote Network. Okay, that's a and great it's, movie. It's based on the only, I believe, the only book Patty Chayefsky ever wrote, um, and so he had like kind of adapted his own book, and then, but he's credited as the screenwriter um, under Sidney Aaron because he and <laughs> Ken Russell fucking hated each other. Oh, okay. 
Yes. Is this a situation where the book is nothing like the movie? No, it's... uh, So when Ken Russell came on, he had literally zero power being the 27th director down. Yeah. So they were like, here's your script. You have to change it word for word. And he wanted to change things. And they were like, no, if you change a fucking word of the script... We'll have a 28th. Yeah, you're gone. So to be an asshole, Ken Russell shot most of the dialogue... While the actors are eating or mumbling or not looking at camera because he hated the dialogue. Oh, God. Great. Um, yeah. Trigger warning for some. He actually replaced Arthur Penn, who directed Bonnie and Clyde. That was who was making this the movie. And more Martin importantly, Bailey. I mean, in the in the history of everything, Arthur Penn did Bonnie and Clyde. But he also directed Night Moves. Um, which is a movie I fucking love. Okay. So, shout out to Night Moves. That movie is really good, and maybe Gene Hackman's best performance he ever gave in a movie. Wow. But no one ever talks about it. It's really fucking good. That's a lot to Um, say. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Ken Russell had Patty Chavsky banned from set (laughs) um, after they would get into screaming matches with each other. Wow. Chavsky called Warner Brothers and tried to have Ken Russell fired. They hated one another. Their relationship actually kind of meant that this is the only film that Ken Russell ever made in America. Like, he came over from England after making, like, some movies. And And then went right back. And then was like, hey. And Hollywood was like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. You're an asshole. Because apparently, spoiler alert, he was also really drunk through a lot of the shooting. Well, that's what you said at the top, yeah. There you go. Notorious drunk. There you go. Um... So that's the the great relationship on set between the director and the writer. Lovely. Yeah. So that's the energy that we're bringing to the table. <laughs> now the cast. Okay. Uh, so this movie stars William Hurt as Eddie Jessup. Uh, you know him best from broadcast news, from Lost in Space, mm-hmm. from being just kind of adorable and crazy. <laughs> okay. I think he won an he won an Oscar for I want to believe it was Kiss of the Spider Woman. Where he played a South American character. Oh. Even though he's whiter than me, yeah. which is saying a lot. Yeah. Okay. So he's our lead. That's our lead. His wife is Blair Brown, who plays Emily Jessup. Um, she was kind and of Jessup best known. intrigues me. Yeah. She was best known for starring in a TV show called The Days and Nights of Molly Dodd. Okay. D-O-D-D. Yeah. The 70s were the... Uh... Mm-hmm. A great time for miniseries. Mm, yep. And Bob Balaban. I just love saying his yep. name. Bob That's Balaban, a fun name. Plays Arthur Rosenberg. He was in Gosford Park. He's in Close Encounters of Third Kind. He's in like a fucking ton of cool. um, Wes Anderson movies. Oh, cool. Like okay. just in bit parts he just shows up. It's like, oh, it's Bob Balaban. Like, just, I love that name. Here he is. I'm with you. Yeah. And they're kind of the core of the main cast of the movie okay now i did pull out three people that you should keep an eye out for in this movie okay hit me up what we got so they the the jessups eddie and emily i'm definitely intrigued by that name the double e's uh william hurt and blair brown have a child in this movie and that child is drew barrymore really pre-et drew barrymore i thought drew i thought E.T. was her first motion no, picture. No, actually, this movie is the film debut of both her and John Hurt. 
fascinating is stuff. this movie. So there you go. Um, altered states. <laughs> altered altered states. states. Who would have thought? So keep an eye out for a tiny, tiny Drew Barrymore. Wow. Also, there is an x-ray technician in this movie who is played by John Larroquette. Fun. Uh, of Night, Night Court, Court fame. fame. And Damn. listeners of our podcast would know the man who narrated the opening of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's right. I was like, trying to remember how... I think uh, he did it for like two joints and like dinner or some shit like that for Toby. Look, why not? Mm-hmm. And then there's a doctor named Dr. Wizenshaft. And he Fun is, name. he's played by George Gaines, who we all know as Commandant Lassard from every Police Academy movie. <laughs> That's Indiana Jones. But <laughs> No, what was the Police Academy? They had one like that. <laughs> you just did Indiana Jones, though. Oh, well, Police Academy was similar to that. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I, I, guys. Harrison I, Ford was the Commandant. In, in the Police Academy movies. I need to go rewatch the Police Academy movies because no. their theme song is super similar not, to that. Not really. <laughs> you, maybe you could limit it to like... The first few minutes? I would say the first one and maybe the fourth one. I think that's really all you need. Okay. Citizens on Patrol. Oh yeah, I love that one. They used with, to be on HBO all the with, time. With uh, baby Tony Hawk in the opening. And uh, David Spade. Mm-hmm. David Spade. Now, back to Altered States. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so this is Altered States. This is the movie we're about to watch. And I realize now that this opening has been all over the place. But to be fair, I am medicine loopy. And okay. Cindy's just... Loopy. Yeah. I'm just me. Long time <laughs> listener, you know that. And yeah, I'm not editing around it. It is what it is. Okay, this is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me a poster and I try to tell you what the the movie is going to be about. Okay, so this is 1980. We got a guy upside. I feel like I've seen this. Do we have a poster of this? No, but this is like a, this was a pretty prominent VHS cover in like rental houses when I was growing up. Like I never watched this movie when I was little, but I remember always seeing it at video view and stuff they always have a copy setting out so it's a upside down guy and he has like like a sleep study <laughs> you know like stuff all over his head okay this is the longest tagline in history in the basement of the university medical school dr jessup floats naked in total darkness the most terrifying experiment in the history of science is out of control and the subject is himself oh so this is going to be like an isolation chamber and uh, he goes crazy kind of a thing maybe maybe okay it, it definitely fits into the lovecraft idea of um changing yourself with science or like science run amok the right? hubris of man yeah the hubris of man and science okay oh uh, shake my <laughs> fist at the ceiling fan okay is this available oh is this available on uh Probably tons of streaming platforms. Yeah, I want to yeah, say, I looked and I think it's streaming for, on like the Cinemax. Like it's on Cinemax's like. It's on uh, the Cinemax? It's on the Cinemax. You, know, <laughs> you sound like me. Um, what's it called? Their, uh, Their streaming thing, service. Whenever you, you. Yeah. Yeah, you have Cinemax. It's on there. So okay. If you have that, it's there. If not, Amazon. Well, then that's where we're off to watch. Altered States. Altered States. Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. 
in the basement of one of the country's leading medical schools, Dr. Edward Jessup, candidate for a Nobel Prize, is conducting the most dangerous experiment in the history of science. And the subject of the experiment is himself. Ask him what kind of an experience I can expect. What happens during these blackout periods is you get the feeling of phenomenal acceleration, like you're being shot out over millions, billions of years. Time simply obliterates. Your eyes are shooting off with an untested drug that stacks up in the brain and works in the nucleus of the cell, and you don't call that dangerous. Now, I'm asking you to put the experiment off until we understand a little more in order to minimize the risk. I'm really frightened. We could be screwing around with this whole genetic structure. Now, how do we stop this? We've got millions of years stored away in that computer bank we call our minds. We have got trillions of dormant genes in us, our whole evolutionary past. Perhaps I've tapped into that. He may be on to something that is beyond our own comprehension. Now, because I believe him, I want this thing stopped. The hell was that? You okay? If you love me, if you love me, Eddie, get fired! Altered States. Hey guys, welcome back from watching Altered States. This movie, this movie was mentioned on uh, this week's Conan O'Brien. I love when I, I love when I learn things. Anyway, I was listening to Conan O'Brien, and he had, uh, who's the reporter? Jake Tapper, Trapper is that his name? Tapper. Yeah, he had him on, and. They were talking about something and they were trying to describe it. And he said, oh, like Bill Hurt in in, uh, in adaptation, like like Bill Hurt in Altered States. And he was like, yeah, like upside down with the things. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Just watched that last night. I get that reference. I get that reference. That was an interesting movie. Um, I forgot to mention, and I feel like I failed, that this is a movie that you may or may not, and underline the word not, want to be really really high when you watch (laughs) (laughs) that would have been awesome uh or depending on what you're high on terrifying Terrifying. this was a it was a fun movie this was about uh what we would call an autistic man these days uh it was interesting that they didn't kind of talk about that at all he was just a what do they call him a mad genius or a right bastard or something well yeah and like an uptight asshole but (laughs) and i just thought like i get yeah that's what i would call sheldon cooper too yeah i get where he plays as autistic now that you mention it i didn't Mm -hmm. actually i mean put two and two together we were watching it i just just got tired of the misogyny no well i mean yeah but i got real tired of it you were you focused in on the was it the white savior trope? Yeah, there was the white savior trope, and there was the uh, yeah, it, it was it was misogynistic. Yeah, but um, I I noticed that there's the trope of any time a man 
is like driven and smart, he has to be like a fucking super douche to everyone around him. Well, and not care about anyone else's feelings or well being or anything. It's I hate just, to tell you that, but it's typically how it is. <laughs> I mean, but that's the. I mean, there are plenty of people that can do both. Like, yeah, they don't get you, movies made about them. You know, like the the whole premise of the movie was like. I I got my PhD at 25, and then she got her PhD at 24, but she's the one that has to take care of the kids, and she's the one that has to, like, be, like, responsible and an adult, and yeah. he just gets to be, like, and he said, I'm gonna go I... eat fucking mushrooms in a cave with, like, terrifying, like, Native American peoples. Yeah. Like, he essentially gets to be a child forever mm-hmm. because he's, quote, super smart. Even um, though she's already proven that she's smarter than him. Because he said, I got my PhD at 25 and I'm supposed to be a whiz kid. And she was like, yeah, I I am too. Like, I'm younger than you and I'm doing it. Like, obviously. Yeah. Huh? And then, like, I the, just don't get all the praise. The whole movie is her, like, wanting Ugh. him to say, I love you, and him not saying, I like just the, like, basically the oh, B plot of the so, entire movie yes. of her just being like, Hey, let's get married. And he's like, no. <laughs> She's like, mm. here's a logical reason for why you should get married. And he's like, I guess. But like, whenever I'm ready to go, I'm fucking out. <laughs> and then he, <laughs> and is then out. he does. He does. Not before having two kids with her. Yeah. One of whom is a very tiny Drew Barrymore. Okay. Um, I'm gonna side with both people for a moment and okay. say that like that was super shitty of him. A. Like, but she should have known then, like, nah, <laughs> right? Like, you can't give someone, like, a free parachute out and then them immediately take, well, he doesn't immediately take it, but he takes it, like, a couple years later and she's like, well, I can't believe this is happening. Like, yeah. he pretty much told you he was going to do this. Exactly. Like, he was like, yeah, mm, but when I'm ready to go, I'm just going to go. But that's a very, hmm. That's a very interesting that that's kind of what you saw in it, being a man. You know what I mean? Like, huh. Like, yes, it, it, it does kind of go back on her to a sense. But at the same time, like, obviously, they've had, like, they've had children and things have changed. And, yeah. Huh. I mean, it just... I just kept focusing he, on how she was obviously the smarter person. She was getting better research and doing bigger things. And yet... She would, like you said, she was had to be the stay-at-home mom, and all she wanted was for him to say, I love you, and it's like, woman, you are so much more than that. Well, I would agree. So much more than that. I would that. agree that she's the better character, and she's, on paper, smarter. He's doing the more important research. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> to be fair. Like, she's like, I'm studying monkeys. He's turning into monkeys. And that's Spoiler obviously alert. important. I mean, he's, yeah, he's traversing space and time, and... Whatever. So, but I'm just saying, however. Not following like, ethical standards no, of whatsoever. Not, at all. But, and being rewarded for it in but the But she knew that he's inflexible and he's a prick. And like, like, I'm not saying that that justifies him being an asshole and leaving his family. Right. What I'm saying is. She should have just never married him. In the, yeah, in the first like, place. She should have never like, been a thing. Whenever she was like, do you want to get married? And he was like, no. no. She should have been like, okay, fair. And then married literally anyone else. Yep. Like, maybe that weird... That Mason guy. Yeah. Cowboy doctor? 
I don't know why I thought cowboy, it was a cowboy doctor. Cowboy doctor. Just because he's angry all the time. I love that. Cowboy yeah. doctor. Mason. Yeah. he. And he I only say time. that because they say his name 75. She, Tell Mason. What about Mason? Mason. Yeah, she Mason. Married, she should have married him. Like, you know. Yeah, he seemed like a nice guy. He had his shit together. And he, he cracked me up because he is so pragmatic that every time anything, like... That could be potentially supernatural or crazy would happen. He'd be like, it's not, it's not fucking possible. Not possible. Like, it's not possible. That was, a, well, yeah, he was meant to be a foil there, wasn't he? But what's interesting, I'm thinking now about at the end of the movie, I'm jumping ahead so far, like literally to the end of the movie. Before he begins the last um, isolation chamber thing, they make a point of showing that there are tons of people in that hallway. Right? Like, there's even some, like, a body at one point. Like, there's all kinds of people in the hallway. And, but then when it, like, blows up, I don't. it rem- was just the two of them. I honestly don't remember them, there being a ton of people in the hallway. I remember that. I remember like, clocking that because I was like, oh, at first I thought, oh, they're going to be, like, on the news. Or, oh, they're getting, see, I thought they're they having were, witnesses to this. I thought they were trying to keep it on the DL and only have, like the necessary people around because they were like "Mm, this is really super fucking unethical maybe i maybe okay like i think they shot it in a way so i don't know like i only remember um the mason character his wife and bob balaban being there Hmm. um bob balaban i guess there was an additional character in that scene and that additional character is bob balaban's beard (laughs) because it's pretty epic bob balaban's beard yeah. Um, that's a, you know what? If you want to start a band and Bob, name it Bob Balaban's beard, beard, I, and I'm assuming Bob Balaban, give you the okay <laughs> to do that. Yeah. So please do. <laughs> <laughs> now, Cindy, do you want to try to tell us the plot of this so movie? So this movie is about a, a, a man trying to use psychedelics uh, to... <sighs> So he uses the idea that because we're all made of stardust, that we all contain each other's memories, and that if somehow he can regress far enough back to have, like, to remember the first thoughts of man, and he uses an isolation chamber and um, ayahuasca to, to do that. And he unlocks the first, I guess, evil? Like, the first... Ma- it. Whatever. This has gone from a summary to a wandering. Go ahead. Yeah, he basically, <laughs> he regresses to where he's seeing things, and then he turns into a caveman temporarily. Correct. And then he goes all the way back to, like, the first organisms, and maybe even earlier, but we'll talk about that in a second. In a second. Uh, so IMDb lists it as a psychophysiologist Psycho- experiments with drugs in a sensory deprivation tank and has visions he believes are genetic memories all right so there you go that was much Um, that was a much more succinct way of saying that i think it's interesting because not many movies have the character um tell you the theme of the movie from the exposition Mm -hmm. (laughs) like basically there's a scene in this movie where william hurt gives a speech at a bar and essentially is like here's the theme of the movie right well because he's coming at it from like a doctor and so he's explaining his scientific process and his theories which is you know thus the plot of the movie but here's what he says okay this is what he says i'm a man in search of his true self 
how archetypically American can you get? Everybody's looking for his true self. We're all trying to fulfill ourselves, understand ourselves, get a hold on ourselves, explore ourselves, expand ourselves. Ever since we've dispensed with God, we've got nothing but ourselves. And that's actually lifted directly from the novel, too. Okay. Hmm. And that's kind of like what this movie is Yeah, that's what the whole movie is about. About? And I think I said it at the beginning. The hubris of man. Yeah. And and the thing is, like, I know we kind of opened with the bad. And we're like, you know, William Hurt's kind of a fucking dick in this movie. And he's shitty to his family. And he's he's not a very good scientist. But, like, I still like this movie. Like, I still like what this movie's about. Yeah. And and what it's trying to say. Agreed. Even though I I do think... Even though it's problematic. It is problematic, but you have to measure it against the time it was made. Hmm. Like, I think that's the problem people have with a lot of movies now. Is we're going back and we're watching stuff and we're like... Oh, but like that. <laughs> oh, was the like he made guys. Was it times progressive for the period? And I'm not saying this movie was progressive for its period, but there are movies that came out, I, you I, know, in yeah. the 40s, 50s, 60s, and and after and before. And we look at them now, and we're like, uh, but at the time, you they know, were they were looked at as uh, they were ahead the of their side. yeah, they were ahead of their politics maybe. So and that's what you think's going on with this movie as well. I mean, I think. Some of the tropes in this movie weren't nearly as played out as they are now. I didn't... Okay. Like, I I don't think... Honestly, once Mm -hmm. you get into the whole, like, oh, he... We can explain, like, we can Jedi hand-wave away his being a fucking prick by, like, autism and just being a sack of shit. Jedi hand-wave, okay. Yeah, that, that trope really got burned up, I think, with the show House. All right, yeah. Right? And, like, later it became this thing where it was like, oh, all really smart dudes are inherently fucking dickheads in every this movie and TV show. before that. But I think this was... that. I mean, I would say that it, this isn't the first movie to make a white guy scientist an asshole by right. any stretch of the imagination. Like, and... Frankenstein. But... <laughs> <laughs> but it's it wasn't as played out a trope. In 1980 okay. as it is now. Right now we've got every doctor we've on TV got, surly. Like every... You know, they're either surly or they're... They've got... Um, well, there's literally the good doctor where he's autistic. And, you know, he's not an asshole about it. But he, he has to be different to be so smart. He can't just be smart. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. Tookie Hauser wasn't weird or an asshole. He was like a normal kid. He was just super smart. And gay. Yeah. Okay. I guess <laughs> <laughs> this movie are there big deep thi- <sighs> I there are things I noticed that I really got into as I was watching this movie like what and I was like I bet Cindy's not thinking any of these things well probably not but go ahead so um obviously yes I want to piggyback before I get into my main thought by saying that, that this movie is about the arrogance of man and wanting more to validate yourself and your place in the world and the universe right mm-hmm. There's this thing, and and I'm going to posit a theory, and this is going to delve for a second into why I think white guys shoot up places and murder people all the time, and that's because we have been told our entire lives, and I think most people have, but especially white guys, and I'm an authority on this. Because you are a white guy. Because I'm point of fact a white guy. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Can confirm. We've been told. <laughs> is that a was that a penis joke? <laughs> it is now. He's in charge of editing um, this yeah. week. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> <laughs> whoever edit, whoever edits leaves that in. <laughs> I will cut that. If it's me, I'll cut that cough out though. Okay, great. Um. Anyway. Duly noted. So we've been told our entire lives growing up, like, we can be anything. We're special. We're special. I can do anything I want if I put my mind to it. The whole world's my oyster, right? And especially someone who would have been as smart growing up as William Hurt's character was. Right. Right? Has been told his entire life kid. that you're you're special. You're so smart and you're so yeah. special. And you could do you're anything. Snowflake. So he grows up. And he even says to Bob Balaban, Bob and Bob Balaban's beard. Yeah, he says to him, you know, I'm on, you know, I'm in this position of like, I'm a doctor and I sit on these boards and I teach, you know, medicine at the Harvard Medical School and I do all these things, but it's not enough because I need to make some sort of impression and I feel like my family's weighing me down. And it's, he's so thinking about, how do I fulfill this idea of special? And isn't that how just do a... I leave a legacy? Like we're all so caught up in how do I make, how do I differentiate myself and and make sure people know I was here after I'm gone? Isn't that just an old fashioned midlife crisis? It is, but here's the thing: it's sewn into us from such an early age because you know we're we're taught and it's drilled in our heads that we're so special. That when we realize that we've not done something that's super special or we've not left a... And he has. He's left a legacy. He has two kids. So the thing that he's actually striving for, he's turning his back on to chase the other thing. Right. Which is counterproductive. Now that you talk about it like that, that's very metaphysical, isn't it? Yeah, Mm, but that's kind of the whole deal, I believe... And it's not the only deal with white guys, but it's kind of a big deal with <laughs> with white guys is, you know, we're so concerned about how do we leave this legacy? How do we leave this mark? And I think that's why people do horrible fucking things, because you are remembered, right? Well, yeah. I remember the names of the guys who shot up this school at... Um, Columbine. Columbine. I don't... I'm not going to say their names, because fuck them, but I know their names... Yeah. Still to this day, right? They've left a legacy. Whether it's good or bad, they are remembered. Terry Pratchett says in the book Going Postal that uh, no man, what is it? No man is ever forgotten as long as the the echoes of their words still reverberate in the hearts of people around them. It's like as long as people are thinking about you, as long as people, right? Like... You're still alive, oh, yeah. as long as that kind of goes on. I mean, and you have to think, like, there are people out there who so want that remembrance, they want to be special, that they, they're like, I can't get it by being the president or the head of a corporation or making this, like, crazy change or solving climate crisis, but I can get it by doing something fucking awful. Hmm. So I think that's what it boils down hmm. to is... William Hurt so wants to, like, create something and leave this legacy and change the world that he he's turning his back on the thing that he's already done. And I think that's what... That. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the point at the end when he finally says, I love you to her. 
It's like, oh, you're how I'm supposed to change the world. Because everything goes back to her, doesn't it? Everything goes back to her and sex with her. Therefore, children with her. Yeah. Well, this movie has been called a um, like a Jekyll and Hyde story, right? Hmm. Of like, you know, there's two William Hurts. There's like the nor- there's the one William Hurt, and then he gets so wrapped up in his research, he becomes a monster. But that's actually not what Patty Chayefsky thought of. He said that it's it's less that in it. He believed it to be more a Jesus and Mary allegory. Okay. Is how he saw their relationship mother and child like he sees her as huh and that kind of pivots me into the other thing i thought about actually more watching this movie um which is what the idea that so as he is regressing right he sees the the clouds the first time he he does it right First time he regresses. He, well, not like in the tank, but the first time he goes in the tank with uh, the LSD mushroom shit. He I sees like him. clouds and it's basically like heaven. Yes. And then the next time he does it, he sees hell. Yes. Because these are, in, in my humble opinion, and I know this is going to piss someone off, these are um, constructs we've created mm-hmm. to explain how the world works and he's moved past them. Right? Interesting. Like he's moved backwards past the notion of heaven and hell because they're constructs constructs of man man to get man to chill the fuck out and not be awful and the closer you get to that original um creation whatever it is Mm -hmm. however you believe you don't need that like he talked about regressing to a caveman and he's like all i wanted was how do i eat I need something to drink and I must sleep. And right. I, I was never happier when I did that because all of the other like problems were gone. It was just those three things. I must simple eat, goals. I must drink. I must sleep. The more he regresses, the closer he gets to the original intent and by proxy God. Yeah. Right. Or, or the, like the whatever created us. If that's like a higher power or like, the idea of evolution, like you're getting closer yeah. to the source. And I think that's what he meant by Jesus and Mary allegory. Okay. Right. He's regressing. He goes all the way back to, he's like a fucking, you know, a whirlpool, which, you know, it's life that started was, in a puddle. Yes, that was very interesting. All by the, the way, way back to that. Whole lot of dry ice. And she has to save him by, you know, pulling him out of that. Mm-hmm. And then he starts to go back on his own. You know, he he has such a connection to this primordial period that he starts to, you know, go backwards without the deprivation tank, without the drugs. And, you know, he even is willing to give up. He's like, you know, I realize now that I love you, but I think it's too late for me. Right. And he's just like resigned to, I'm fucked. And then it's when she's going going to die with him. He's like, oh, no, I... I can't like right. I have to have to save fight her. this and actually be a fucking human being, and he learns that there's more than like his work. So the theme for this is the cure for autism is ayahuasca and some isolation chamber. I don't think it's a cure for. <laughs> Suddenly he became a, uh, you know, like oh wait, yeah, and we're also <laughs> diagnosing with autism. He could could just be like a, a an amazing asshole. Yeah, that's fair. Right? He could just be like. He could, you know, for sure. This movie does follow the Arkov formula, 
We've there got action. There's a ton of nudity. Uh, yeah. They're revolutionary. Okay, a lot of, but killing. Well, no, actually. There's the killing of a lamb. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, and yeah. So there's no none of that, and then oratory. <sighs> that one speech. Yeah, yeah. I would and say that, I'd say that's probably it. Ken Russell went out of his way to make it not hit this, like he. By having people mumble and shooting people from angles, so we could kind of like fuck you focus the on up in a way, right? You focus on what they're doing, that what, old, what they're saying. That old fable, you know, that old chestnut of you know, screenwriter hates director, director hates screenwriter, <laughs> and they go out of the way to fuck each other over, and somehow and the movie's the still way. good. <laughs> I would watch this movie again. I think. How many times have you seen it? Twice. This is it. And I have not seen this movie since I was in like. Marshall College years ago uh, when I went to Marshall University probably back in like 2003 and I'll be honest the first time I watched it I was like uh, okay. I, don't really, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do like it a lot more now I think it has a lot to say um, I think that I know we started the episode by being like let me tell you what we didn't like <laughs> <laughs> and I think that the tropes that we pointed out don't work and i think part of it is they don't work because we're viewing we're used it to through them. a 2021 lens uh, yeah right of like of course the fucking white guy has to save everyone at the end citizen kane doesn't look amazing if you put it up against you know modern day mm. camera angles and all that eye, nonsense i still think citizen kane's pretty great <laughs> <laughs> it's about the hubris and shittiness of rich people that is a story that never gets old that's fair citizen kane will be timeless because it's about a a rich guy being an utter fucking <laughs> dickbag. Dick what are we watching next week? Uh, Annihilation is the name of the game. It's the end of Lovecraft. For good or until next month? Well, I mean, I don't think we'll ever be done done with Lovecraft. But I think we'll eventually come back and maybe touch things here and there. He's got such a wide presence in horror. But I promise you, Cindy, and I promise you, listeners, as I say with a plural in hopes actually we just hit a thousand downloads so i got a little thing in my email saying we won like a badge so that's a thing wow we got a guys were a badge yeah you guys should uh encourage everyone to listen yay we never say that we probably should say that more often like you guys should tell your friends rate and review listen to these i was gonna say these two fucking idiots but i was gonna let's reframe that to say listen to this fucking idiot and his girlfriend (laughs) who puts up with him as they talk about scary movies and he tries to scare the shit out of her. Um, but Annihilation this, is a... This one definitely had some had me at some jump scares. Yeah, it had some... It, got, like, it, it got me a few times. The caveman when he just pops out of the door. <laughs> um, yeah, I enjoyed this movie a lot. I did. More than I thought I would. Um, I think it definitely hits a lot of Lovecraft. Like, this, the hubris of science and, like, altering your body... All right. That all comes into play, and that's really going to come into play next week with Annihilation. So I'm actually super, super excited because, well, for two reasons. One, I really want to watch Annihilation with you because I want to hear what you think about it because I do really like it. And then the month after, I am so excited for the fun that's coming because it's time for some fun movies. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, join us next week then, guys. Mind the doors. We love you. Except for you, Jason Jones.